um, <clears throat> the series Putting Your Life in Order. Today's the last, last one, and I just, I, I changed it so many times. Um, and, you know, I finally came to this where, kind of conclusion that I wanted to end with this one, taking steps of faith when you're putting your life in order. And I had this sermon, <clears throat> a, a couple of edits of the sermon of just like different passages, different um, topics, and in the end I just realized it, it's something that this, the one I picked at the end is one that I, I just feel has been challenging me. You know, one that um, <clears throat> we had friends that visited last week and was just sharing with me, and we were talking, and he, they were alums, and they came to see, and they're just like, they've been praying for our church, and they just said, you know, it feels like there's something, you guys are at the cusp of something, the cusp of growing, and, but at the same time as they were praying, he said, you know, but one thought that came into his mind as he was praying for us is the question, but do we want to grow? Do we want to grow? Do we want to see things different? You know, I think part of taking steps of faith uh, will and can lead us to places where it's uncomfortable, where it's places that's not familiar, places of not being in control. And I think that's part of, in this idea of putting your life in order and, and even just following God, is that taking these steps of faith can lead us to anywhere that God has in, in mind for you, for me, for this church. But I think many times there's a question of, do we want to go? Do we want to take this step? Do we want to follow in a particular way? And I look around and I know for this church, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful to be a pastor here and for many talented people, gifted, uh, faithful, loving. And But I realize too, as I've been thinking more and praying for our church, is that we, it's not a time that we could stand still. It's a time that, you know, I don't know where exactly God's leading, but I know that we have to move. We have to move with him and we can't be comfortable. Right, we can't just stay comfortable. And so today, as I've been praying about this, this idea of taking steps of faith, it, it really just follows through of just three actions that we're going to look at. But really, the question that, that kind of starts it off is, do we, want to, do we want to grow? Do we want to take steps? You know, one of, <clears throat> one of the things that I mentioned that I want to just show, because I got another email from the same person, right? And he's like, you know, the, and this is to my Grace Life email. It's like, did you know Grace Life Church, you know, there's 403 new neighbors in the last 30 days. And, you know, I've been, I've been playing my mind of like, maybe I should just respond back to him. Be like, hey, let's, let's talk. Well, number one, I wonder, how do, you, how do you know who's moving in and out? Like, I have no idea, do you know? But at the same time, do you know, I realize, you know, how much do I really want to get to know my neighbors and people and really take steps of faith for myself, right? And what would that look like? What would that mean as a church? And I think today's passage is reflective of that, like I said, of when we say putting your life, your life in order, what would that look like? And putting our church in order, what would that look like, right? And I think the first thing is get, that we're going to look at the passage and is getting out of the boat, getting out of the boat. And we'll see that, you know, this idea of Peter when he gets out of the boat, keeping his eyes on Jesus. And lastly, recognizing opportunities of faith. All right, so we're going to look at Matthew 14 today <clears throat> and those three actions, getting out, keeping our eyes on Jesus, and recognizing opportunities of faith. Matthew 14, verses 22 <clears throat> onwards, right, it says this, immediately, 
Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he, w- he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got, out of, uh, got down out of the boat, excuse me, walked on water, on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began, uh, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. All right. I love this passage and this just <clears throat> one I've been meditating on because I think it's so much about this idea of getting out of, this, getting out of the boat, taking a step of faith, right? Peter, it, it just stands out to me, and he says, tell me to come <clears throat> to you on the water. Right, these men, uh, the 12 disciples, four of them were fishermen, right? By trade, they either owned business of, of fishing or were fishermen. And at least three of them afterwards, uh, went, during the resurrection, when Jesus appears before the disciples, were working as fishermen. I say that because these, at least seven of them, potentially, out of the 12, were comfortable in the water, near the water, on the boat, that perhaps their lives have been, you know, just around this <clears throat> lifestyle of, of the water, right? And for them to, you know, ask for someone like Peter to say, tell me to come onto the water is something crazy, right? Something that they know that when they jump into the water that they're probably going to sink. They're going to have to swim. But Peter calls out to Jesus, tell me to come. Tell me to come to you on the water. I realize more and more there's this idea of just taking this step, calling, asking God, hey, call, call me, speak to me, send me. Right? And sometimes it is hard. It is hard to desire a change in our lives because we're comfortable or we're used to these rhythms in our lives. You know, for Peter to get down out of the boat, that was a step of faith. I realize more and more for, during COVID, and even as we now are kind of out of the pandemic, right, it's still happening, but we, you know, we're kind of getting out and finding new rhythms that we have developed, at least for me, new rhythms in my own life. Right? I've come you know, used to using Zoom, online meetings, and that's great, and I'd say adapt to it. But I also have missed out in terms of missing kind of the meeting face-to-face, the prayer in person, the laying of hands, you know, just being able to pray for people in person, you know, to, to hear their stories right there and then, to not be distracted by a phone text, you know, or, a, a, you know, something else in the email that's on my other screen, 
but rather just to be focused on that person, hearing their story, to spending that time praying. And I think getting out of the boat, to me, sometimes is taking steps where it is uncomfortable. It is something we're not used to, of even being at service. Something that's different from what we've been used to the last couple of years. But being here, worshiping, being able to sing and worship, I, that's one thing that I hope is different over time. But being able to worship in person, it feels so much different to me than worshiping through Zoom. But sometimes it is getting ourselves in places and just realizing, I want something different. I want to take a step of faith. All right, Peter, I love his response and his courage in even asking God, Jesus, tell me to come to you. And as he does that, and when Jesus says come, he gets out, out of the boat and he walked on the water. And he came towards Jesus. Now, I don't know how that feels or what that looks like completely, uh, but it must be amazing. Even the first, at least, I don't know how many steps he took or even if it was just one. But the fact that he just put his weight on the water and walked towards Jesus. You know, it made me think, what were the other disciples thinking about? You know, I know my kids you know, recently went swimming, and, you know, when David jumped, Joel, he didn't even have his floaty on. And, you know, usually we tell him, wait, 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 you know. He just sees his brother jump, and the next thing I know, he's just jumping into the water. And then, thankfully, we're looking at him, because we're like, you cannot swim. You're going to sink. You're going to drown. But he's just so excited. He sees that, you know, people cannonballing, and he's just like, I'm ready to go in. I wonder if the other disciples were looking at you know, and I don't know, and they didn't, of just thinking, man, what would it look like if I got out? What would it look like if I stepped out, out of this boat, and walked on water? If it was something that I could get out of what I'm comfortable, what I know, and even what I see my friend or my, this colleague Peter walking on water, what would it look like to be like, I'm going to? I think the first thing to recognize for ourselves and even as a church individually is do we want to grow? Do we want to change? Do we want this church to grow? Do we want your life to change as you follow God? Do you want to grow with him? And if that's so, I don't know what that will look like, but it is to me a, a, a prayer to him the way that Jesus, uh, Peter says, Lord, if it is you, Tell me to come. Lord, call me out. Call me to walk towards you, to be with you, to follow you. I think that's big as we think about, as I've been praying about the church, and we said the part two of this, is that this is what I, I love in being a pastor, of being a part of a group of people that want to get out of the boat, want to take steps of faith with God. But it's not easy. It isn't. It isn't easy and there's always, you know, struggles and temptations and whatever it might be. And I think this is the second point in the, in the message, is keeping our eyes on Jesus. All right, in the story, it says that when, <clears throat> when Peter, as he's walking towards Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and, be and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. 
I, I bet you the first couple, one or two steps, it was amazing. But when he saw the wind, right, when he saw the wind, he began to be afraid. You know, what's interesting is that he wasn't afraid of the water below that he's actually stepping on, but rather he's afraid of the wind that's blowing the waves that are blowing around him rather than the water that he's actually standing on. Right, I realize more and more sometimes we look all around when we're taking these steps of faith that it is hard when you see doubt, when you see things come in and creep in of just challenging, wait, can you trust God in this step? He called you to come, but can I trust him? Can I do this? Can he empower me to do this? This idea when many times I remember in college praying, call me, use me, send me. Right? But at the same time, when it's those steps of faith, that makes me realize, wow, it, it might not be easy. That what is happening in my life? Why are these things happening? You know, I recently went to <clears throat> eat with one of the, um, one person at the uh, Northeast Market. The Northeast Market is next to the Hopkins Hospital. It's a market of vendors of food that, that <clears throat> I would been eating at for over 10 years when I was a student. It's a place that's dear to me. I don't know why. I love eating there. There's this restaurant, a takeout called OK Oriental. There's this, I was telling this person, like, oh, hey, I used to eat here all the time. I used to eat at this particular sandwich store. And, but I went there, and then I realized, man, so much has changed. A lot of the places that I used to eat at, they're either gone and even the place that I, I mentioned, OK Oriental, that I used to get always their grilled chicken, all this other stuff, they didn't have lunch. And I looked at the woman that's still working there, and I'm like, what happened? You know, and she's like, oh, you know, they're preparing for other things. But that's unheard of when I was as a grad student. You know, that's unheard of to go to a restaurant there's like, there's no food. But it made me think of, man, so much has changed. So much has changed, and what I plan to email with the alums of the rise and fall of even businesses, churches of even using that <clears throat> terminology, and even for myself as I think about our church, what does that look like to continue? To not just be a church, but flourish, to grow, to have transformed lives. And I think about this because I realized for myself, I remember thinking, I was just thinking through when I came as a, <clears throat> as a freshman to undergrad and I went into church, you know, there's a, a funny thing that I always fell asleep for some reason. I was listening with my eyes closed. That's what I would say, right? I remember many of the, of the important parts of the passages, but <clears throat> it was hard. It was hard to stay awake all the time. But at the same time, you know, my junior year came around and I was thinking, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I was double majoring. I was doing this. And I remember Pastor Roger was asking, hey, do you want to be a small group leader? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, that's for this other person. That's, these are the leaders here. You could count on me to be a faithful follower. I'll be there every week. No worries. I'll help out. I'll be an apprentice. You know, but I don't want to lead right now. I'm leading these groups or these <clears throat> student groups you know, and I just don't have the time. And somehow, you know, that wasn't related to church, I think that's thankfully, is that I realized, man, I, what am I doing? I was staying up really late into the night, 
doing homework of all things of just like trying to get it through the next day. And just thinking to myself, why am I doing this? You know, and I, and I decided to, <clears throat> to drop my double major and I was just like, I don't need this. I'm fine, you know? And that was a big step, at least for me, of just like, okay, God, you're in control. And that same exact time when I was being a part of that small group apprenticing, it was a group of eight people when I, when I went in there and then it grew up to like 17 to 20 regularly. And then because I dropped that one class, I, I don't, it's just even one class, I realized I had so much time. And I was like, hey, I can help, I'll, I'll help then. And I decided to lead, co-lead, and then eventually we decided to multiply and break into two groups. That was also the year that in earlier on, Pastor Al was telling me, hey, we are in a place where you know, at that time was because financially, it's like, if we don't grow, we're going to close, right? And that was a year for me to experience our growth as a church from, <clears throat> at least on the stepping stone side, from about 20 to 30 to about over 100. And I think, I think about that because I just realized, would I have stayed after college to, to serve for a year or two? You know, because I realized if I was just a bystander and looking, and just something to watch. I may not stay around. You know, I realize for many things as a bystander, at least for me, when I look at some good food, only when there's a long line and there's a crowd will I, will I kind of peer my head kind of in and look, what's, why are, what's everyone waiting for, right? But unless I'm a participant, I know, okay, this is a great restaurant. I want, I want to be there. I'm sometimes even on time or early waiting in line to eat some donuts or something else. Right, that I realize, no, I want, to part I want this. Right, and I realize the reason why I wanted to stay after college and serve was just because I want to see God moving. I wanted to be a part of things. I was excited. I knew my life was changed. And I think about it over the years, and I ask myself, what, what's happening in my life right now? You know, after this sabbatical, and I think one thing that stood out to me as I've been reflecting is even my own fear. My fear of where is this church right now? My fear of what happens if Stepping Stone closes or if our church doesn't grow. And I realize I put so much burden even on myself when I'm like, no, this is not on me, it's on you, God. Let me follow you, let me take these steps of faith. And I realize I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but one thing I do know is I want, I want to take steps of faith. I want to grow. I want us as a church to grow with him, right? To be a church that we would take steps of faith to follow God wherever he leads. Not what I want, not what <clears throat> anyone particularly wants, but what God desires in your life as you follow him, right? That way we would look and we would see the wind that's all around us but that our eyes would be focused on Jesus. That we would spend this time walking and listening, hearing his voice. Most scholars think that Peter, this example is probably not a great example of just saying, God, give me the power to walk on water. But, I, I do, but they do say that, you know, that for him as a disciple to desire to follow God, to desire to walk and even to fail and to still continue on. 
you know, a couple weeks ago when I shared about <clears throat> our finances and about that story, the talents, it is one that always speaks to me. And I realize, for me, I don't want to be the, one, the person that has one talent and buries it. I want to have that one talent and say to God, I tried all that I could, but I lost it. But that I tried, I tried to invest into your kingdom. Because it is hard when we see the winds around us to just make a stop to think and to realize I shouldn't be standing on water. I should be sinking. I should be falling. But in this instant, we see that Peter, beginning to sink, cries out to Jesus, says, Lord, save me. There's something about this that's, that is amazing to me of just beginning to sink, not when he's swimming and you know, swimming to Jesus. I'm sure he should be a decent swimmer, right? But for him to just begin to sink and says, Lord, save me. When he cries out to Jesus, that it says, <clears throat> immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and caught him. Now there's something as we take steps of faith as we you know go beyond what we're in control of what we know what we can handle what we can't to also realize that when we call out to him that he is there that he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us that jesus immediately reaches out his hand and grabs him and that leads me kind of to <clears throat> this last thought recognizing opportunities of faith you know as as he's walking on water calls out to jesus jesus reaches out his hand and grabs him right it says that they you know <clears throat> immediately jesus made the disciples or this uh, later on sorry let me put that <clears throat> and they after he reaches out he grabs his hand they climb into the boat the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. That it wasn't just Peter's faith that he's walking, taking this step of faith, but rather all those around worshipped him when Jesus got on the boat. Right? There is a, <clears throat> a, a place when we as individuals also affect the, us as a community. When our lives are transformed, those around us will see the amazing glory and beauty of Jesus. Right? That when he climbs into the boat, they all worshiped. They recognized that Jesus is the Son of God. There is an opportunity, right, of growth of faith for all of us. You know, what's interesting here <clears throat> is what I didn't mention earlier on. In the part of before the story, what the context is of where they were, right? It says here, we started off in Matthew 14, verse 22, which is immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him, right? But this story is right after Jesus and the disciples, when they fed the 5,000, right? And I just put like two verses beforehand is that they ate, they all ate the 5,000 plus and were satisfied. 
and the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. All right, this is an amazing story of what they witnessed. They witnessed with five loaves and two fish able to feed 5,000 plus people, right? They saw this, and not only did they feed the 5,000, they were able to pick up the leftover pieces of bread and, and 12 basketfuls of broken pieces, whatever it's that's left over. This is an amazing story of one that what the disciples, when they see this amazing thing that Jesus did, are probably like, wow, this is the man we're following. And immediately Jesus makes them go onto the boat. You know, here you, you might think, okay, there's, you know, and I, I love the Gospels in many places. There's different points of views of how they write and what the story is that gives a richer picture of what's happening, right? And this is where in John 6, the same story, when they gather the 12 baskets with the pieces uh, of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten, this is the context of why Jesus is asking the disciples to go immediately, right? After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into this world. Not only the, the, the disciples, but definitely the people recognized that, man, this is an amazing miracle. This is the person that the prophet, when they asked, when they prophesied, this is the man that's to come. Jesus, it says, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself, right? He recognized that the people there, when they saw this miracle, they wanted him to become king by force to change their lives, right? It's, it's to change their lives rather than what he would actually be, the savior of all mankind, that he would be in God's plan, the, the <clears throat> lamb that was slain to give us new life, this new relationship, that they would be, bypassing that to have him be king by force in this earth right now, right? To the problems that they had that they, they wanted to be fixed. Jesus, knowing that, withdraws to the mountain by himself. Jesus, knowing that, sends his disciples off on a boat away from them, right? Of not, rec not wanting them to perhaps think about this is the way that we as men or women solve problems or try to get our problems solved, but rather waiting on Jesus's plan and what he is doing rather than what we are doing, right? Sends them off, lets them go of just not being influenced in that. But I also want to say that as he sends them off, he knows what's happening. He would, he's the one that withdraws into the mountain by himself, spends that time praying, there's many ways that Jesus potentially could have spoken to the disciples. He probably he's, <clears throat> could have yelled out from the side of the shore and said, come, and then they probably could just row back, right? He could teleport, potentially. I don't think he would, but he could go onto the boat and just suddenly appear. But instead, he chooses specifically to walk on water to them. I don't know the reason, But what we see is as he does that, Peter steps out of the boat. That it was more so for me when I think about this, a revelation of who he is 
to his disciples that this was not just by chance happening, but rather for him to display, to, to reveal himself in certain ways, that they, it says, worshiped him and recognized that truly you are the Son of God. That although Peter was the one that went off the boat, got off the boat, all their lives, and all 12 of them understood who Jesus was. And this is what <clears throat> I want to challenge for us. Right? Because I rec there's recognizing opportunities of faith that does, does not end with just our own lives, our own walk. But rather, it impacts those all around us, our neighbors, our friends, our community, all as our family. Then when we talk about following him, that it could be comfortable, I don't know. But what I do know is that sometimes he calls us to get out, to come to know him in ways, to experience him in ways that we can't explain, in ways that are out of our hands, in the ways that we ask, call me, send me that we want to experience this God, not a God far away, a God that we read about in stories, but a God that's personable, that speaks, that is relational, that transforms lives. That when we talk about taking a step of faith, we realize that our whole lives would be changed. You know, earlier we sang this song, you know, that he changes our name, he changes our lives, and we thank God because our life is not the same. I think the question that I want to leave us with is do you, do we as a community want this growth? Do we want to seek him in certain ways that might make us uncomfortable, whether at Stepping Stone, at Grace Life? Do we want to see him move in ways to reveal himself that perhaps we may not have before. I say <clears throat> for all of us that it is just taking a small step of faith. Asking him to call you, whatever that means, to speak and to bring into your light the ways that he is leading, the ways that he prepared and purposed in your life. That it is not just staying still or comfortable, but rather engaging and taking steps. And when we think about this, I think if our church, and when I say part two of this, putting your life in order, of putting your church in order, is that as we as a whole decide to do that, I can't imagine what our church will look like. Let's pray. Lord, as, I, <clears throat> as we come before you, Lord, we know that out of our strength, even our desires, that we won't be able to do anything, Lord. But Lord, it is not about accomplishing great things for you. It is just following you. I pray that you would call us out 
Call us to come towards you, Lord. Draw out that desire to take these steps wherever they may lead. That we would want to and desire to just follow and take these steps. Give us the power to do so, Lord. Help us, Lord, when we, Lord, are doing something so different than everyone around us, Lord. That we would hear your voice to say, come. Come. Lord, help us to hear that, Lord, more and more each day, Lord, as we journey with you, that we do not, Lord, I don't want to just live a Christian life. But Lord, I want to follow you. I want to experience things that I never would have, never would have imagined and see the richness and the goodness and loving the life that you have given, the life that you have prepared and purposed, that you have planned. I pray for us as a church that we would be able to take these steps, these steps of faith, Lord, that our eyes would be focused on you and you alone, Lord, not on the troubles and the difficulties of this world, the winds, the waves, but Lord, that we would see you, Lord. Lord, I wish that it would just be one time and our lives would always be changed, but no, I know that this is a constant drawing out to be closer to be with you, Lord. Lord, I pray for our church in ways that would desire this. that, Lord, that we would desire to see you move and to join you in what you are doing. Lord, open our eyes, the eyes that we have, Lord, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of faith, to see what you are doing, what we want to do, but what you are doing, and to join you in that. Transform our hearts to see and recognize your presence, Lord. That when you say, take heart, take courage, it is I, that we would have peace. Peace knowing that we are with you, Lord. That when we are with you, that there is nothing to fear. Lord, help us to know that, Lord. Help us to recognize your presence, to be in your center, to be next to you, Lord. Lord, we lift up what we may not know in the future to your hands of who, knowing that you are one that knows. Help us, Lord, to follow you, Lord. We love you and we thank you, Lord.